Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about what to do when you see those warning lights flashing on the dashboard of your car. Kind of. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Laby, and today we're talking about the warning lights on your dash and what they mean and how you can get them to go off. You know, we've probably all been there. You know, we're driving our car and that red light or that yellow light, or I've got some green lights too. They start blinking on the dashboard. And I've got a few yellow and green ones right now because my ABS computer's out apparently. But I I don't know what you do most of the time when you see those, but most of the time when I see one of those lights, I kind of just ignore it. I've had the same three lights come on for a few months now and and they don't even phase me. I, I get used to them. But that can be dangerous. I assume car manufacturers, they don't just put those lights there for decoration. They generally indicate that there is a problem and we ignore them at our own risk. Now, I should preface this episode very quickly with a disclaimer. There are lots of people who find these videos on YouTube. They don't know what they're about. So let me tell you in the beginning, I am not a mechanic. I don't have any license. I don't have any qualification to talk about cars. I'm lucky to be able to swap out a tire, change the oil when I need to. So if you're looking for a video explaining the actual lights on the actual dash of your car, you may need to go and find another channel. But if you're looking for a 10-minute video about red flags that can come up in our Christian race and how the Bible teaches us to respond to them, then you're in the right place. Okay, so... What lights can flash in our faith that should give us a warning that something has gone wrong? Warning light number one, you don't want to be around other Christians. You know, God created the church for a reason. It's important that we're around other Christians. In that second chapter of Colossians that we keep coming back to, where Paul's writing to the Christians there to root themselves and Christ so that they're not taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophies and persuasive words. Paul says that he hopes that they are knit together in love. Being together helps us attain all the riches of the full assurance of thanksgiving, he says. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he who has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, being together should make us stronger. And when we stop wanting to be together, it's a sign of one or two things. One, it can be a sign that we don't feel stronger together because we feel like the church is letting us down. Or number two, the church is doing their job, but we don't want to get stronger. If we find ourselves in the first situation where we feel like, you know, the church is failing to build us up, to make us stronger, to to have all these benefits that the Bible promises, we should realize that God's church is perfect, but she's made up of imperfect people. And that includes you. If you see this warning light going off, instead of pulling away from the church, come closer, dive in. You are the church and you can make that difference to make the church what it was designed to be and what Paul claimed it is. 
But if the church is challenging you, it's doing its job, it's challenging you to grow stronger, and you still find yourselves wanting to avoid other Christians, that's a sign of a deeper problem. Maybe we say it's because we're busy or the church is too judgmental or that we can be faithful without the church. But ultimately, the foundation of our problem, even if it's subconscious, is we don't want to be challenged to change. We're living in a way that God doesn't want us to, and we don't want to be surrounded by people who are there to push us out of that comfort zone. I've been there. I don't want to let people in because they'll see past the facade because I'm not even close to perfect. But that is the purpose of the church. That's the purpose of having that support system. The church should not be a place where you have to put a mask on to go in. It should be the group of people where you can take the mask off and work together to get better. All right, warning light number two. You're letting your questions remain unanswered. You have a question about your faith, but you keep brushing it aside. You don't want to look into it. You don't talk to anyone about it. You're almost ashamed that you have the question at all. You you think it's somehow sinful even of thinking of the question. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that we are to be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What that tells me is our faith is defensible. There is no question too hard for God and his word. If you find yourself wanting to brush aside your questions, then your faith is on shakier ground than you think. Fortunately, when you see this light, there's an easy fix. Ask the question. Don't let doubt creep in the back of your mind. We have a God big enough to answer our questions, so let him. Warning light number three. You start making decisions out of shame or obligation instead of love. First John 4, 17, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You know, for Christians... Love is our driving force. I can go boldly before the throne of God on the judgment day because I am no longer afraid. I'm no longer ashamed. I'm no longer under the obligation of the law. If we find ourselves going through the motions of religion because we feel ashamed if we don't, we're doing things for the wrong reason. And this is something that we grow in over time, but we need to strive to root ourselves in love And let that be our motivation. So there are three warning lights for you. And if you've ever had uh, an older car, you know that there's many more we could have talked about. And maybe one day uh, I'll get the chance to. But those three are a good start. So what does your dashboard look like? Do you have any warning lights going off in your life? The Spirit is a great mechanic. So open up His Word. See what you need to do to get running smoothly again. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. And I am so glad you did it with us today. 
If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.